Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? Read? What's happening? Am I dead? I bet you like zombie books. I like food. Do you have food? You don't need food at dividedbyzerobooks.com. It's full of nutrient-rich science fiction. Ugh, I'm stuck in an ad, aren't I? Once I stop talking, reality will collapse until someone plays this ad again. This isn't the first time we've had this discussion, and it won't be the last. Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? Once upon a timeline, there were three superheroes that protected the United States of North America. They were called the American Squad. Their leader, a man named Rage, he had a bit of a temper about him. He was good with a sword. The second in command, a woman named Strength. Well, she was good in the fight. And then there was the brains of the operation, a man simply known as Intelligence, who was smart enough to marry Strength, of course. They were based out of Indianapolis in the Greek compound known as the Foxhole. And then one day, the three heroes awoke to find themselves in a mysterious white room. Their leader, Rage, looked out the window and saw aliens. The American squad were prisoners. Using teamwork honed over years of combat, they fought and overcame the alien captors and discovered themselves on a moon base. That same base had been used as experimentation, as preparation for an attack. For you see, those aliens were creating zombies on the moon. The American squad rescued who they could and ended the undead existence of the ones they couldn't. With the civilians safely evacuated, intelligence enacted the self-destruct system in place on the moon base. Once they got back to the foxhole, the mayor of Indianapolis told them that they'd be welcomed home with a ticker tape parade. to speak he was given a script but he could probably wing it he was good at that that sometimes bothered his wife she liked things to be planned and orderly but his hand just wouldn't stop shaking underneath the podium he wanted to tell them all about the bodies the smell that with what the aliens had planned if the American squad was just one day later, the humans would have lost. But that was okay. They had enough time. Rage told him that it was mostly in his head. That all he had to do was just stuff it down. But then intelligence remembered that the guy just barely kept it together, even during the best of times. So maybe he wasn't someone to go to for mental health questions. And then he turned to his wife, Strength. But strong as she was, he didn't want to burden her. 
But that was okay. After the speech, after the parades and the talk show appearances and the merchandising deals, intelligence was going to step away from the American squad for a while and just try to get his head right. And then as intelligence pushed the red button to speak into the microphone, a bright, shining portal opened and two figures came out. And the funny thing was, intelligence recognized them because he had studied alternate timelines all of his life. He knew the secret that time was like a tree. Sometimes it branches. He saw their faces. It was strength and rage from a different timeline, of course. They were covered in blood. Their faces, oh no. He saw the other faces, the undead faces, as they poured out of the portal. Intelligence stood there and watched, frozen, in time, in stance, entranced, as zombies poured through the portal. There was too much. There was too many. There was 5,000 people in the crowd. They had half a second. There wasn't enough time. sign we were hunting for was close by. The airborne landed, and my companion killed the lights. The parking lot was mostly empty, except for the occasional car with shattered windows and bloodied seats. My laser gun weightless in my holster, my holographic companion floating above me, glowing with strength, power, and light. Three zombies made their way towards us, I began to turn the wheel towards them, but it locked up. I cannot be used as an offensive weapon. It's against my core programming. Is that why the wheel is frozen? It would put myself and my driver in danger, dummy. Let's do this the smart way and not get ourselves killed for no reason. This hippie nonsense is why your whole world is dead. So is yours. I shut off the car, got out of the driver's seat, and raised my pistol. After three quick headshots, I put it back in the holster and walked toward the building. As we got to the front door, I looked to the floating goddess above me and saw her tilt her head to the left. The lights turned on for the entire building. A black holographic screen popped up in front of my face, welcoming me to the foxhole, home of America's heroes. I kept my pistol at the low ready and scanned the welcome lobby. Blood smeared on the couches, Four dead bodies in a pile by the candy machine. Their heads were smashed in. All of the candy was gone. We walked down the hallway past the gift shop, and I saw a sign that said Wall of Justice. One picture showed a heroic-looking American that proclaimed, Intelligence says only you can kill radical terrorists. Enlist today. I recognized the man who called himself Intelligence. He was dressed in green spandex with red trunks on, and much, much more muscle than I remembered. Is that Winston? Then I heard that familiar old voice behind me. 
The man who named his son after me. The man I was training to take over my platoon before my world ended. The man whose head I sawed off. No. Rage is dead. And you're not the zombie king either. How are there three of you? My hand began to twitch. The smell of blood. The sawing of flesh. No. That wasn't him. And it wasn't my Winston either. Hold it together. They call you intelligence on this world? When they're feeling generous. You're from another timeline? The zombie king destroyed my world too. We've been hunting him ever since. Oh. Well, good luck with that, I guess. Then he turned away and walked into the gift shop. We followed him and saw a giant beer fridge. He opened the fridge, pulled out a beer, and cracked it open. Ugh, all we have left is that stupid IPA. But if you drink enough, they all taste the same, right? Winston was talking more to himself than us. I could see his eyes glancing at us with suspicion as he wondered about his own mental state. How long have you been alone? Well... If you were a part of my imagination, you'd know how long. What if we're not? Then I'd say that you're an idiot for sticking around on this earth. You stuck around. Seemed like the smart move, because it turns out I was wrong. Rage, or you, he was the reckless one. That got him killed. Strength, shh, she was the brave one. And that got her killed. And what does intelligence get you? A dead wife. Winston finished the beer and then opened the fridge to grab another. He cracked the seal and took a drink. Help us kill the zombie king. Or I just stay here, drink beer, and wait for the zombies to find me. I looked up to my floating holographic companion and saw her tilt her head to the left. You're getting a phone call. Then the phone in the gift shop started to ring. Winston walked over to pick it up. Hello? Winston? Winston pulled away the phone from his face, unable to process the voice, her voice, his dead wife. Winston, you there? Winston took a deep breath. You're not my wife. And you're not my Winston, but that doesn't matter. If you're the zombie Nicole that destroyed the world, it kind of does. I'm the Nicole that still loves you. Is there someone with you? Yeah. Listen, I know we're not who we really want, but we're close enough, right? Where are you now? Winston sat next to me riding shotgun and looking forward. His face was stern, but that was a mask. His nose twitched when he could just barely contain his emotions, just like now. The more he tried to contain the volcano, the closer it came to erupting. Some men spent a whole life doing good deeds only because they knew the price of the alternative. But it was more than that. I turned to him and said, You know, I'm here to kill her. So am I? 
I studied the broken soul of a man whose dead wife had come back to life and said to him, No, Winston, you're not. The airborne hovered a hundred yards above the ruins of the Circle Center Mall, deep in downtown Indianapolis. I lowered it to the fourth floor and gently flew in through the broken windows, landing next to an abandoned ice cream stand. I could smell the spoiled milk and blood behind the counter. Far out in front of us, the mall stretched, decaying stores echoing messages from a dead world. I nodded and then took a deep breath. Okay, Winston, let's get this done. And then I heard footsteps, each click clacking faster, closer, until a woman came around the corner, her eyes sunken in in a tattered army uniform, blood caked in her hair. I raised my pistol to fire at Nicole, but then Winston, much faster than his candied belly let on, placed a firm grip on my wrist as he repositioned it with a snap. My fingers went numb. The pistol dropped to the ground as Winston continued. That's my wife. She's the monster that ate your wife. Why can't I be both? It doesn't work like that. Why not? I can save him. Then she turned to Winston, the stench from her undead corpse blending into the ruins of her brown eyes, those eyes begging for one more chance at life. We can save each other. Winston took a step closer, his body shaking. We're mismatched. Nicole took a step closer and placed one gentle hand on his left cheek. Never stopped us before. Winston closed his eyes and took a deep breath as he began to speak. I didn't know what love was until I met you. Nicole wiped the tear away from his face and smiled through the remnants of decayed happiness. You were my whole world. And you made me a better man. The best version of myself. The man that others relied on. You made me so happy, and I'll never forget that. Nicole took a step back, removing her hand. Wait, wait, don't, don't do this. Don't say goodbye. And the life we had together, would have had together, was better than anything I could have hoped for. I just assumed dying in battle was the best thing that I could think of. You gave me something to live for. The undead Nicole ran her hands through thinning hair. Winston, I miss you. I I can't do this anymore. Please. And then Winston wrapped his arms around her. All of the pain and torment each of them had been through was gone. If only for a second, for a moment, they could pretend. A wish upon some distant star had granted them a new chance for happiness. But wishes were for children, and moments slip away. You don't have to. Goodbye. <gasps> then he plunged the knife into the side of her skull. The ruins of her dead eyes betrayed a sense of gratitude for the mercy his blade provided. His eyes, wishing that retribution for his dead world didn't twice cost him his wife. I stood up and walked toward him and said, Winston, I'm so sorry. He held her lifeless corpse in his arms, gently laying it to the ground. Could you do me a favor? Point that pistol to my head, then squeeze the trigger. I killed you once already. 
I'm not looking to do it again. Then what would you suggest? Put this world back together. Find survivors. I've heard of worlds that beat the zombies. It can be done. What if I just lay here next to her and wait? You could, but we both know what she would want you to do. Agent Z and the Zombie Slayers was written, directed, and produced by Derwin Lester II. The character of Agent Z was portrayed by Derwin Lester II. All artificial intelligent voices were portrayed by Maggie Rose. Winston Carmichael was played by Matt Sweeney. Nicole Carmichael was played by Cassie Pormokhtar. Tune in next Monday morning at 0700 because the fight to stop the zombie king continues. <laughs>